Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Brenton. God, thank you so much for these, these precious moments and uh, these, these family gatherings that we can have to, to worship you. God, I just pray yeah, during this time, Jesus, that, that we, and, and as we kind of transition into focusing on, on Christmas, just, just pray that, that, that uh, it would be so much more than a story, it would be your truth, and, and God, that we would, we would be caught up with, with you all over again in, in a fresh way, in a deep way, so Holy Spirit, thank you that I, I believe you're leading us deeper, you're leading us to encounter you in a fresh way this, this Christmas season, and I pray that, that we would be obedient and say, yeah, I want to be taken deeper, I want to know you more, Jesus, amen. Right on, well, I, I think I've shared with you before, um, I'm someone who kind of has a bad case of FOMO, FOMO is fear of missing out. I, I struggle with it. A- anything that's, that's kind of a moment or a miraculous moment, and uh, instead of being, even if someone else shares it with me, I'm not often happy for them. I'm like, why wasn't I there? To give a testimony of that. Sunday, September 4th, Chris Kennedy, he, uh, he's, he does pastoral care at the church here, and he sent this to our WhatsApp uh, staff thread, and he said, happy long weekend, my family. Did anyone see the northern lights last night between midnight and 1.30? I was driving while there were white, um, expansive white northern lights towering in the sky. Then when I got home at 1.30, the lights were directly above Winkler, and my property is pitch black at night. The white lights were dancing and jolting overhead. They looked like a swarm of angels. I wish my camera would have captured it. There's four people that liked the message. I was not one of the four. Because <laughs> I saw this in the morning, and the only thing that went through my mind is like, what was I doing? I, I missed out. And, and I think Suzanne texted too. Oh, I saw them as well earlier in the night. And I was like, I think I was watching Netflix. I don't know what I was doing, but I missed. I missed out on this moment. I think in a, in a, in a way that's way more magnified. Imagine that first Christmas and imagine missing out on that miraculous moment. Like, we could talk about miraculous moment, moments. Northern lights are cool. But J- Jesus, Emmanuel being born, I don't, this is the moment. I, I don't think there's a greater moment in, in, the, in the history of mankind. Like, this is the moment. And, and yet people are, are still... You know, they're caught up with the census. They're, 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 they're unaware of this and they're missing the most miraculous event that's ever happened. Today I want to talk about two people um, in the Christmas story who weren't going to miss out on, on Jesus. And, and these people, as I was reading this, it, they just inspired me because it wasn't, they, they didn't necessarily, well, they, they were invited by God, obviously, to see Jesus, but you just see in their heart they were, gonna, they were not going to miss this moment. And so in, in Luke 2, 
22 to 38. We're going to go through that, that whole passage there. So if you want to uh, open your Bibles to that passage or, or your phones, you can. We're going to jump around in some other texts too. But this is going to be the story that we're going to be zoning in on. And it says, When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. And actually this would have been, you could have given a greater sacrifice. This, this would have been considered the sacrifice of the poor. Mary didn't have a lot to give. She, she, so she sat, gave the sacrifice of the poor, but because, because uh, it's all she had, it was... It was it was pleasing to God's heart, right? I think that's beautiful. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. I, this whole week, when I read this story, this just gripped me. Simeon's waiting. He's, he's waiting here. He's been waiting for a while, <laughs> The world's been waiting for a while. Even, even David in Psalms 130, he says, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits. In his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than the watchmen wait for the morning. More than the watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, then he invites Israel to do the same. Put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love and with him is full redemption he himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. So this is, this is a thousand years back. David's writing this. He's encouraging Israel. Guys, he's coming. The, the Redeemer is coming. God, God is faithful. Wait. Wait in hope. Hope in him. Put your hope in him. And here Simeon is. A thousand years later, Israel has gone through quite a bit. We heard a, a snapshot of what Israel went through as, as we were um, in our Nehemiah series, and it ended with kind of a bummer, right? It was like, hey, we're going to rebuild the walls, we rebuild the temple, and then we're just going to do whatever we want and be disobedient. And it, it continued that, that, that there were more hardships for, for Israel as well. At, at the end of, of Malachi, um, when we turn from the end of Malachi to the New Testament, we, we just kind of jump right in. But there were 400 years, and they called them 400 years of, of silence, where, where God, I don't think it was that he wasn't doing anything. Obviously, he was at work because the world is still running during that time. But he wasn't speaking through any prophet saying that, at that point, saying that it's, it's right, it's right close, it's right close. And yet here's Simeon waiting. He's waiting in hope. How? How is he waiting? Well, the text, I think, tells us the Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit was on him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Simeon was hanging on to this word, and he was hanging on to the words of the prophets. He was hanging on to the words of, of David. He was hanging on to where Isaiah prophesies about the coming Messiah. And so while there, the remnant of people who are hoping for the Messiah in this time is probably really small, 
Simeon's part of that, that, that group, and he's waiting. I love what it says in Romans 15. I'm going to start at verse 12. I don't know if that's on the screen. It's not, but it says in verse 12, and again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will spring up, the one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. This is our hope, right? It's Jesus, the one who's going to come and rule over the nations. And, and Israel probably thought that was going to be physically ruling over the nations. And actually, their hope might have risen when the, when the Maccabees ended up taking back the, the temple and, and Judas the, the hammer drove the, the Syrians out of Jerusalem. And it was like, is this the Messiah? But, but no, it was, it was a different kingdom that Jesus was building, a kingdom not of this world. And so it, then it says, may the God of hope, I love that, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We should be hopeful people, amen? We should be hopeful people. We should be people that overflow with hope. And it's through trusting in him, it's through trusting in his word, it's through waiting on him and waiting on his promises and saying, yes God, I'm gonna hope in you. I'm not gonna hope in this world or, or what's going on around me. Because again, this is not how Simeon's hope was built. It was based on the words of the Holy Spirit that, that the Holy Spirit had spoken to him and this is how he was filled with hope. This is how he was anticipating the coming Messiah. And, and as he grew older and older and older, I bet his hope just increased. Those wrinkles on his face get a, get a little more each day and he's like, oh man, what do I have, five years left? This is awesome. Because <laughs> I'm going to see Jesus before I die, so it's, it's going to come soon. And I don't know if he told other people about it, but, I, but if he did, I wonder if they, what they thought of him, right? You actually think you're going to see Jesus? Like, you actually think you're going to die soon, man. Give it up. I don't, I don't know what they said. But again, he was one of the few that was hoping and one day it says he was moved by the Spirit and he went into the temple courts. Now in the, in the temple there would have been thousands of people. Thousands of people. But through the power of the Holy Spirit he, he knows where to go. And it says when, when the parents brought him in the, in the child Jesus to do for him what was custom of the law required, Simeon took him. <laughs> I don't know what that exchange looked like, right? But he saw Jesus. It's probably not proper baby etiquette to just take babies, right? And I don't know what Mary said, like, be careful. But I mean, he's God, so he should be fine. <laughs> but that moment, man, that, that moment when, just imagine. Just imagine that moment. Simeon, he's holding Jesus. He's holding Jesus in his arms. This is it. This is it. This is what he was waiting for, right? So Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of the nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. 
The child's father and mother marveled at what was said to him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that was spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So Simeon prophetically is, he's, preparing Mary because Mary's road ahead is going to be hard as well, right? She's the mother of Jesus, and, and Jesus will, will grow up, and, and he will, he'll die on a cross. And so Simeon's actually preparing Mary um, for that moment as well. But I love Simeon's heart. The first thing that he says when he's holding Jesus is, all right, God, I'm good to go. You may now, now, like now, you can dismiss me. Like now. Didn't need to, he was good. He was, he was good. Like on Simeon's bucket list, this was the only thing. He had checked it off and he's like, okay, take me. Take me home. If Simeon had a 10-year plan, it was probably, I want to see the Messiah. I want to see the Messiah. This is what I want to do with my life. And there is nothing, nothing more important than this, than him holding and seeing Jesus. Seeing Jesus was the one thing that Simeon desired. It was the moment that he was looking forward to. I love what it says in Psalms 27. David says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. This is what David cares about. I want to look at you, Jesus. I want to be where you are. I want to be in your presence. And I want to gaze at your beauty. And then look what it says. For in the day of trouble, he'll keep me safe in his dwelling. David knows, if I'm with you, God, I'm good. If I seek you first and put you first, your your kingdom, all these things will be added. I'll, I'll be okay. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent. Set me high upon a rock, and then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joys. I will sing and make music to the Lord. And when, when, we, make him, when we make him our one thing, when, when we say, Jesus, you're the one I'm seeking. I, I, I don't want to miss you. I, I, I want to make you the most important thing in my life. These are people that, that we don't miss out on him. I, I felt like I missed out on a miraculous moment the other day, Brayden. As a Vikings fan, I missed the comeback. Same. You missed it too. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Vikings were playing against the, the Bills. And as a Vikings fan, we usually don't have a lot to cheer about. <laughs> but something different was in the air this day. We were storming down the field. Justin Jefferson makes a one-handed catch, and it's like the greatest catch of the, ever, almost. But then all of a sudden, my wife, she's writing report cards, and she's getting a little tired, and she says, hey, dear, um, could you get me a, a mocha from Tim Hortons? And I say the famous word, yeah, five more minutes, and I'll get that mocha. I, I said that probably seven more times <laughs> until she was wondering, okay, yeah, it's been 45 minutes or so. <laughs> when is that coming? And, 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 I, and I left to, to, to get the mocha. 
It was in between the, the overtime, and I said, if I can just go and, and come back, I bet I can catch the end. Literally, as I, I pull, I'm in the garage, I get a text from my friend, wow, what a moment, did you see that? And I give her the mocha, and I'm just sulking, right? I'm just like, yeah, you, you know, I missed something pretty amazing. Did, did you know? Right? Just, just try to be like, do you know what this mocha means? <laughs> In the end, that moment wasn't, it wasn't miraculous, was it? Right? It wasn't a miraculous moment. And I feel like in my life, we could be caught up with so many moments. But really, Jesus is what I don't want to miss out on. You know, sports is a good waste of time, but but I don't want to miss out on Jesus. I don't want to miss those moments of worshiping him of adoring him. I I don't want to be in a Christmas season in a world that's busy and and miss out on the one thing, the one thing that it's all about him. Amen? There's another woman that enters the scene now. Um, And it says, there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. And she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. For those of you who are around 84, I'll give you some comfort. Some some scholars would say she had been a widow for 84 years, which would make her closer to 100. So you can take that that interpretation if if you feel like you don't want to be called very old. She might have been 100. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. We don't know a lot about Anna. There's nothing really before this. There's not much after this. We know she's called, Luke calls her very old. And she had been married for for seven years. She probably would have been married around the age of 14 She was married for seven years, probably became a widow around in her 20s somewhere. I've been married for right around that that amount of time. I can just imagine the the heartache that was for Anna. Just the the grieving that she had to go through, the the, the loss, the the hole that was felt in that situation. And And I think in these moments of disappointment, in these moments of loss, it often either, either we push God away, we, we blame him, or we take our disappointment and loss to the feet of Jesus and, and we cry at his feet and we cling to him because we need him so much in those moments. And judging by Anna, it seems that she did that because she never left the temple. <laughs> she lost her husband and it seemed at that time she probably kind of moved in to the house of the Lord. There, there, there was like, usually they had apartments around the temple for those that were willing to, to help with worship and it seems that Anna chose to just dedicate the rest of her life to God and worship him and, and pray and fast and just be involved in the worship services at the temple. It, it seems like a contrast to the, the, the Samaritan woman that Jesus found at the well right? This woman, Jesus, points out that you've had five husbands, and and the man you're with right now is not your husband. 
And I don't think it's a coincidence that this is who Jesus offers living water to. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, the, water, the physical water that she was drinking. But whoever drinks the water I will give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I will give them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I think in a roundabout way, Jesus is really saying, you're not going to find you're not going to find fulfillment in these other men. You're trying to fill this hole, right? Come to me. Drink this water. This is, this is the water that wells up um, to eternal life. This is the water where you'll never thirst again. And Jesus is inviting her to, to drink from this different well. Don't, don't find your hope in, in men. Don't find your fulfillment in anything because the only thing that can fulfill her ultimately is Jesus. Amen? I remember in Bible college, probably the most impactful Bible school teacher that I ever had. Um, She was uh, a Middle Eastern lady. And and during one church service, what happened is terrorists had had blown up the the church. And so she, she got hit with Uh, kind of the explosion and had extensive brain damage and she said that she was she should have died and at one point she felt like she was right in the in the in-between um when people have near-death experiences if they make a theological statement I'm always very cautious with with accepting that right because I I get my theology from the Bible but but she wasn't making any theological statement in this experience of the in-between all she was saying is she got a glimpse of, of the glory of Jesus. She got a glimpse of the glory of Jesus. And, and what, she, what she said um, to, to us students in this time, and, and it really impacted me, is that after seeing Jesus in, in this way and after seeing him in his glory, she, she was not, not going to marry. <laughs> she wasn't going to marry. She had met the lover of her soul. I find it kind of funny, too. <laughs> she sees Jesus. <laughs> then she looks at all the other guys. <laughs> They're not as good. <laughs> right? I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> and marriage, marriage is a beautiful thing. I'm not uh, bashing marriage. I love marriage. <laughs> I'm married happily. <laughs> I want to clarify that. But what is marriage? Marriage is this gift from God, and it's actually this, this foretaste of a greater thing that's yet to come. Right? It's a picture of the relationship Christ has with his bride. But it's only a picture. It's only a foretaste. It's absolutely a beautiful thing and, 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 and an awesome thing. But it's, it's not the climax. Actually, the, the, the thing it's pointing to is, is it. It's when we see Jesus. It's that, that's that wedding day where Jesus is, is looking forward to when he picks up his bride. This, this is what it's pointing to. This is what marriage is pointing to. It's pointing to, to this. And so it, it, it seems like like, um, it, it seems like that Bible school teacher I had, and, and, and maybe even Anna, it seems like She's willing to wait for the right man. <laughs> the man that could fulfill her. 
the, 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 the only perfect man, Jesus. Again, I'm not saying marriage is wrong, but, but G- Jesus is the one who fulfills us. And so as Anna's in the temple, do you, do you think... Do you think she's going to miss Jesus? No. She's filled with the Spirit, obviously, because she, she, in the thousands of people, she finds him and says, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. I just love that. I, I don't know what that exchange looked like. It doesn't say anything more than that. She had this time of giving thanks and then immediately she starts telling other people. That's what I want in my life too, right? I have this time of thanking God and, and worshiping him, but then I go tell people about the gospel, right? We, we have good news to share and I, I, I want to have that heart of Anna that, that is just excited. Hey, guys, it's happening. He's here. Redemption, it, it, it's on. Jesus, that is Jesus. He's been God Emmanuel is with us. I want that heart. And I, I want to be a, a, a person of hope as well. A person who waits with, constant, um, with confident expectation of good. That's what hope is. Confident expectation of good. But it's not just, oh, I hope I, that it doesn't get to minus 30 <laughs> next week. I hope for a new car no, it's I'm, I'm hoping in what's solid. I'm hoping in his promises. I'm hoping in his word. I'm hanging on to him. And through trusting the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm abounding in hope. It's overflowing in my life. Again, for Simeon and Anna, they were in a situation where it didn't look, hope was not at an all-time high. But they were filled with hope because they were trusting in the coming Messiah and they were waiting expectantly. We're still waiting here today in a sense, aren't we? Not for Jesus, he's come. And he's conquered death. Woo! And we've been redeemed through the blood of the Lamb. We are waiting for that day when we see him face to face. For the ultimate fulfillment of his kingdom as he comes back down, not as a baby, but as a victorious king. I want to wait faithfully. I want to wait faithfully. And I, I want to have a one thing kind of love that doesn't miss Jesus in a busy world. This, this last week, um, I was wanting to kind of get into the Christmas, you know, mood. And I, and I found a radio station that was, that was playing Christmas music. And all of a sudden, I realized, like, they're not mentioning Jesus at all. Right? Like, we live in a culture... And, and we, we, we're, we live in a culture that recognizes the season, but, but, it, but it doesn't capture Jesus, right? And so I, I talked to Josue later, and he simply just says, hey, you have Bluetooth. Why don't you just put that on in your car, some, some music that edifies and worships Jesus? And again, I'm not making a statement that we shouldn't listen to Christmas music. It's just hard to worship to jingle bells, <laughs> right? And snow and, and stuff like that. It's hard to get caught up with the king. So, so I turned some music on that was just worshiping Jesus in my car. And I just had some, yeah, just beautiful moments of, of being caught up with him. And I just think, you know, in, in my life, I, I've thought of all of the Christmases where sometimes I've, I've missed those moments with Jesus. I miss the most important thing. 
right? And maybe I'm looking at, at different moments in my life, like a Vikings game or, or whatever it is, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to miss out on those, but is that a miraculous moment? No. Jesus, this is what I want to be caught up with. This is who I want to be caught up with. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.